Today, we're going to talk about the current session of the General Assembly, but, and this term will be instructive, before we get deep into this conversation on the events currently taking place with respects to constitutional carry, I think it prudent to establish the definition of some words. First, we have the word club. At this point, we will not name the club. We will simply describe the limiting factors to join and let that help decide its title. A club is generally understood, for the purpose of this discussion, to be an association of persons for some common object, usually jointly supported and meeting periodically. We will talk later about the treatment of some members of a club, because not all club members are equal, but now we will simply expand on the word's meaning. A club must have rules, or just anyone can belong. No rules, and just anyone could wander in. There are secret clubs and wide-open clubs and, goodness me, gender-specific clubs, or there used to be. Those have gone away pretty much, but they were a thing at one point in time. However, I digress. Normally, one would think that you joined a club first and then found out what the rules were. If you didn't like them upon arrival, you could simply turn around and leave. Like Beta Club, if maintaining a certain GPA is too much work, you just fail a class or two and you are no longer a member. But in this instance, we are taking a different tack. We're going to be transparent, a word everyone seems to think is absolutely necessary these days. And we're going to state the rules first. And if you want to join, it is entirely up to you. There are criteria that is really limiting. First off, you have to be an elected official. That means you have to toss that hat in the ring of competition normally, though some walk in unopposed. It's not the norm, but it does happen. Some say it was thrust upon them from a sense of duty. But David Crockett said, It was nonsense to talk about its being such a sacrifice to come there. For if it were, they would not see so many grasping to be members of Congress. Second, you have to have promised profusely that you support the Second Amendment. It is apparently not required that you mean or believe that pretty pictures with shotguns and bird dogs will suffice and statements that your daddy had guns all over the house and property are helpful as well. Though not mandatory, it is good metrics. Third, a complete lack of knowledge of the actual contents of the constitutions, both state and union, is very desirous, though not absolutely required. One can know the intent of the founders. Third, a complete lack of knowledge of the actual contents of the constitutions, both state and union, is very desirous, though not absolutely required. One can know the intent of the founders, the rulings of the Supreme Courts of the state and union with respect to the right to keep and bear arms and just play ignorant, but a true lack of knowledge and concern of them is ultimately far more believable. This allows statements that are so far off base as to be laughable to anyone who actually got out of high school with a passing grade in civics, but as this is nothing that is considered necessary or even desirable to the public school systems now, well, you get my drift. Specifics to avoid are having read the Tennessee Constitution, as the first few paragraphs let the student know that the people are supposed to be in charge, that all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority, and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. For the advancement of these ends, they have at all times an unalienable and indefeasible right to alter reform, or abolish government in such manner as they may think proper. Right behind that is this sentence, that government being instituted for the common benefit 
The doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. Way in the back is another really important idea that is codified in the Constitution of our state that says in Article 11, Section 16, the declarations of rights hereto prefixed is declared to be a part of the Constitution of this state and shall never be violated on any pretense whatever. And to guard against transgression of the high powers we have delegated, we declare that everything in the Bill of Rights contained is accepted out of the general powers of government and shall forever remain inviolate. The we is the people, contrary to what some might have you believe, those who own in the club were building the rules for. Lastly, we have the caucus, an amalgam of like-minded souls who are supposed to be all for one and one for all. It is like a club, only better. Or some would have us believe that. Current knives to the back to side, the caucus is supposed to move in lockstep for the good of the people represented. But if recent occurrences are evidence, a couple of high-ranking members of the special club can offset the desires of millions. All the club members who are in agreement are not happy, but only a very limited number have the wherewithal to do anything about the end run by the few against the many. To oppose the will of the caucus is the worst offense of that very special club, and to do so would bring chastisement, or so it would seem. The last time I got called to the principal's office it hurt. What pain has been inflicted on them who would stand in the way of the wishes of the vast majority of their compatriots today? With the above rules, it is now okay to say what the club is. It's okay. You can say it. If limiting what the Constitution specifies as a right is your way of doing business as a legislator, you too can join the Second Amendment Butters Club. If sidestepping a guaranteed right is the path a public servant takes as their preferred road, then they are a charter member. If taking the rights of the people and holding them ransom, dribbling them out under guise of giving things, which were ordained by God as the people's already, getting the gaggle together to preen about what wonderful servants they are is the aim, then I would say we have a bully session underway. In 1796, the Constitution said that the citizens of this state had a right to keep and bear arms for the common defense. It was a simple statement. It has only taken the legislature 225 years to bind the people with chains of rules and regulations under their stewardship, requiring the forfeiture of the people's property to finance that incremental loss of liberty. It seems that the General Assembly meets to decide how much of our freedoms are forfeited under their guidance each year, instead of following their oath, which states that they will in all appointments vote without favor, affection, partiality, or prejudice and that they will not propose or assent to any bill, vote, or resolution which shall appear to them injurious to the people, or consent to any act or thing, whatever, that shall have a tendency to lessen or abridge their rights and privileges as declared by the Constitution of this state. St. Augustine told us that dangerous laws created by well-intentioned people today can be used by dangerous people with evil intentions tomorrow. Susanna Hupp gave us a clue on how to tell if our legislator is a member of the Second Amendment Butters Club. She said, How a politician stands on the Second Amendment tells you how he or she views you as an individual, as a trustworthy and productive citizen, or as part of an unruly crowd that needs to be lorded over, controlled, supervised, and taken care of. Demand that your legislator fights for your rights, not against them. The Second Amendment is a gift from the Almighty not from any form of government of man. You pay these employees, your legislators and law enforcements, to be your servants, not your rulers.